Grab one of these Tangalorians. Tangalorians. Oh my god. The very like the very first thing that hit my mouth, it was good. Like it was great, but then it like kind of turned into meh. Kind of tastes like Italian food at the end. Italian? Yeah. I don't know why. It kind of tastes like Italian food at the end. Don't crack that yet. I'm not going to. I All right. Are you ready? Are you ready this time? On today's episode of Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling, we've got our beer ratings for last Sunday's Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Boy, oh boy, what an event we had there. We're going to recap most everything that happened this week in wrestling, aka Raw and NXT, because AEW is tomorrow and we're recording before SmackDown on Friday because I have to wake up at 4 in the morning. And then we're going to close out our show with another retro beer ratings, this time for WWF one night only. And then we will also have listener questions at the end. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at DDT WrestlePod, and you can follow me on Untapped at Dylan Free. You can follow Joe at Joe Kalinowski. That's with a K. We've got a hell of a show for everyone today. So, Joe, are you ready? Yep. Let's go. It's not a bad beer. The aftertaste. Yeah, it can taste like a little bit of marinara. So I wasn't crazy saying that. No, it's it, it tastes a little bit like garlic bread. The ap- no, the aftertaste. I taste marinara sauce. Yeah, marinara and garlic bread. You know, you dip that that marin that garlic bread in marinara. Jesus, dude. Just a little like a little bit like tortellini. You know. Oh, welcome into episode twelve of the drunk dudes talking wrestling. I am Dylan. Hey, I'm Joe. Hi, Joe. We just got back from a brewery, first brewery tour. Well, not tour. Why did I say tour? Tour uh, visit of the year. We went to Frothy Beard Brewing down pretty much right by my house. It was a pretty good time. Yeah, I, I, I had fun. That's it? I had fun. There was Lord of the Rings playing in the background. I was watching that most of the time. There was also New it, Girl on another TV. It was it was Fellowship, Fellowship of the Ring. It it didn't really show a whole lot of sports in a in a well group. well that's the thing. Uh, I turned to the side eventually, and they had some women's tennis going on. Yeah, they had some tennis. It was singles tennis, and I don't I don't <sighs> think I fully understand singles tennis. If I'm being <sighs> honest, yeah, that's that's what tennis is. No, just calm down, dude. <sighs> You're gonna get us canceled. No, I'm Les- comment- Leslie's like, right I'm literally there. replaying tennis right now. <laughs> that is women's tennis. <laughs> I just did it. But but I, I, I really don't think I understand the rules of tennis, like where you could stand on the court when it's singles tennis. Like uh doubles, it's a little it's a little more easy. Doubles to the whole court is in play. Singles the the lines like on the outside are not in play. Like 
not you know what I'm saying how there's like two lines going yeah there's like there there's like let's say two rectangles all overall on the inside where which are fair game normally and then the front rectangle is broken down into two squares pretty much and then there's the back rectangle which is just a full full ass rectangle you know not ass broken rectangle. down by anything nice yeah a rectangle ass or ass rectangle sorry i got a little inappropriate there but then, like singles, singles tennis, they were just hanging out behind the back line the entire time. It looked yeah, like. that's where you want to be. Well, yeah, because because that's where you get most of the force, you know. But yeah, but I don't, I don't, I don't think I understand. What don't you understand? I just don't know where the where you're allowed to be on the court. You can be anywhere the fuck you want to be. Okay, well, the that, person can well, stand that, anywhere they want. That's the answer. That's the fucking answer, and you don't have to yell at me. You need to calm it down. You know, well, you're, just... you're up here right now. And it for those listening at home, my hand is very high above my head and I need him to be down here. It's about a foot. I need you to be down here, which is like below my head. All right. Well, all right. So, so calm it down. Bring it down, bud. Leslie, stop. Leslie's singing in the background. Uh, this is the first time we're recording at Dylan's house. So you will not, unfortunately for all the listeners at home, will not will, hear Raven. You will not but, hear Raven or Walter bark, nor will you hear Honey, because unless unless we get a stranger uh, that rings the doorbell or knocks on the door, you're probably not going to hear Honey bark because, well, he's super chill. And but, I can almost guarantee you're not going to hear Leslie bark because she's a human. But you might hear her singing in the background, just just like a real quiet hum. Yeah. And if she does, I'll just uh, I'll edit that out. Fuck. What were we talking about? Women's tennis? Women's tennis. Yeah. Oh. Well, we were talking about frothy and then I like Oh yeah, we so we're drinking these beers right now because while we were while we were at Frothy Beard, I almost said brewing. It's called Frothy Beard. Uh I I hit up Chad because Chad was like, "Did you try this beer called the Tangelorian? It's a tangerine sour." It literally has the picture of the frothy beard guy in like a Mandalorian costume. Pretty, pretty cool logo. Pretty cool, like uh, pretty cool can design. And he's like, "Yeah, this is the best beer that Frothy Beard has." Well, I've had a few sips of it now. I'm about to take another one. Joe, can you talk through this sip while while I take this sip? Yeah, go ahead, buddy. Um, I'm talking. Dylan sipping a beer. And now I'm turning it back to Dylan. What's well, up? Well, I just that was terrible. But I thought anyways, it was pretty good. Um, I think I accomplished all the all the set goals. Well, we had talked about this like in some dead space while we were like like right before we started recording, and the tangerine is definitely there. And for the first few sips that I had this, I don't know where I got it from. But I had said it, and Joe kind of agreed with me. The aftertaste, it kind of tasted like Italian food. And I don't know how it did, but like the, the aftertaste on this beer was definitely Italian food. I don't get it. It tastes like marinara sauce. I don't know how a tangerine-flavored beer can taste like marinara sauce. Joe, do you have any idea? I, I don't really have any idea right now, but if you're out there cooking Italian food, may I recommend tan- tangerines if you don't have... If you don't have tomatoes out there. Yeah, I guess they could double as a tomato or tomato. But I just don't understand. The The beer is good, I will say. I I don't have a rating for it on Untapped yet. I'm, I'll probably put that out after the episode, after we're done recording here. But 
first first impressions probably like a 3.25 or 3.5 honestly for me i don't know but it's it's probably mostly due to the uh, the uh marinara sauce slash italian food aftertaste which i honestly i love marinara sauce so if i if i wasn't if i wasn't a big fan of italian food i probably would hate this beer i don't know i'm not a big fan of sours but i I would still rate this beer probably a 3.75 i mean that's just crazy that's just like a 3.75 for me is like something i go and seek out if i see it at like a bar yeah, I would drink this again. Like, this would be something that you would seek out at a bar. If if I saw it at a bar, then I would drink it again. Over like over what? I don't know. Like over over any other three and a half beer. Yeah. I, okay. I guess that makes sense. But well, I'm checking my beer in on an untapped right now. This is terrible podcasting. No, it's good. It's good. No. Now they know that we actually use untapped. Oh, well, we used like it photo, today. So I'm just and that's not going to use it anyway. Uh, but but yeah, what what did you do this week, buddy? Um, well, this week, this week, this week, uh, I did a whole lot of working again and watched. So when I watched Helen a Cell on Monday morning, I I got off work. What was it? Yeah, it was Monday morning because I was working the overnight shift. So. The only match I got to watch before I went into work on Sunday night was the first match, the Bailey and Bianca Helena Cell match. So I went in not knowing at all what the outcome of the pay-per-view was. And as everyone knows, if you listen to last week's episode, we have a brand new Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling Championship belt. And everyone was in contention for that. And Joe and I were hoping to win. Chad was hoping to win. Everyone else is hoping to win. I get off work Monday morning and I don't check the group chat because I'm afraid there might be spoilers in there. Well, I get to the main event and I'm like, holy shit, I'm tied for first. Let's go. No, actually, I think I was ahead by two at that point. You were ahead. I thought I was. But then I real I quickly realized after reading the chat that I was actually tied for first, I believe, with Dewey. And I had screwed up the predictions sheet somehow. And he actually did not pick Drew McIntyre to win. He picked Bobby Lashley. He even screenshotted our text conversation and was like, look, I picked Bobby Lashley. Dylan's sheet was wrong. Thanks, Dewey. And then I had Charlotte Flair to bleed. He had Drew McIntyre to bleed. There was a whole lot of controversy there, whether or not he bled or not. But it ended up we were tied anyway in the end. And the tiebreaker went to him anyways. So, Dewey. Deucef himself. Is the new Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling Champion. And the first official DDT Champion. Yeah, the new belt. I'm not happy, mostly because he's not even he wasn't even here to watch it with us. I'm a, I'm a little upset too because I had a good chance for a while, and then I, I had the best chance. Uh, well, I was there. You had a really good chance too, but then WWE started playing their fuck fuck. Well, I had the a good rain, chance. They started playing reindeer games, and they, they played did. their fuck fuck games, which actually gave you a fucking weird chance of winning. Like 
we'll get into it later, but Charlotte? I hated it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the whole the Charlotte pick is what sealed the deal for either me or Dewey because both of us picked Charlotte. Um, I didn't – I after the match, I went back and listened to what I said about last week, and I didn't specifically say disqualification, but – I, f- I have a feeling that's what I was thinking subconsciously at the time. But should we do do we want to keep talking about Dewey or should we just get into the beer ratings for Hell in a Cell? Uh, we could get into the beer ratings for Hell in a Cell. You got nothing else from this week? Dude, I don't do anything except work and do this podcast anymore. That's literally my life. Which is work. Yeah, I, I do. I work two jobs and one of them I get paid for. <laughs> The other one I get the other one I get paid for in uh smiles from people that listen to this that I know at least. I don't know about any of the listeners in like other countries that I can see, but or not see, but like I can I can I'm just gonna edit this out. All right. Let's move on. We we've got the we've got our beer ratings from Hell in a Cell. Joe, where do you think this this pay-per-view ranks amongst all of the pay-per-views we've watched so far? I think it ranks number two. Hold on. I'm pulling it up right now. I'm pretty sure that's right, though. I don't know how you guessed that, though. Like, Well, because I've also watched all the pay-per-views that you have watched. I mean, you're right. Hell in a Cell is number two all time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Hell in a Cell gets 15 and a quarter beers. Pretty, pretty damn good. And when I watched it Monday morning, because I had work Sunday night, I I watched it all, but I did not drink for it all. And we will get to that. But we started with the pre-show match. We had Natalia versus Mandy Rose on the pre-show in a nothing match. Uh, it got a beer and a quarter. Uh, Natalia wins. And... I didn't even realize until I'm reading this back, but Dewey and Adam both picked Mandy Rose. Somehow Dewey won this fucking pay-per-view and picked Mandy Rose to win this match. Yeah. Dewey and Andy were the only people to... No, Dewey and Adam. Dewey and Adam were the only people. Sorry, Andy. Yeah, not even Andy's that stupid. Yeah, not, like the people that have been watching wrestling for, with us for years are that stupid, but not Andy. Well, Dewey ended up winning, so he's not that. I mean, he can't well, be that stupid. Hold on, right? hold on, hold on. He's pretty stupid. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but WWE was equally stupid this week, or I guess last Sunday. Yeah, I really have nothing to say about this match. It was just a normal fucking pre-show match. Natalia wins. There's really not a whole lot to say about it. Uh, and then we get to the main card, Joe. The first match: Bianca Belair versus Bailey. Boy, oh boy, this was, is is this the best women's Hell in a Cell match of all time? It could be, for sure. I don't, like, a lot of people, when I was looking at, like, the preview for this pay-per-view, were saying that the one last year was the best one, and I don't really remember it. What was the one last year? Uh, Sasha and Bailey, I'm pretty sure. Really? I oh. think so. I'm, I, see, so the way my brain works is I'm trying to go back to, like, june of last year and that's not when hell in a cell was like yeah it was year. like october where it always is yeah that makes more sense that it would be sasha and bailey so and i don't think so i don't remember a whole lot about that match 
I feel like I will remember stuff about this match, but I mean, it just happened this past week and my memory is fucking terrible, but Bianca Belair is amazing. Yeah, she's she's a she's a she's a good wrestler. I also really enjoyed all the like all the spots where like they were tying her hair to stuff and yeah, using to, that to like using to like it, Bailey's wrist. Her using it as an advantage for herself when tying it to Bailey's wrist and then Bailey tying it to other things to make it a disadvantage for her. It was great stuff. I thought it was awesome. And then there were a couple spots that I would like to point out was the there was one time where she had Bailey on top of a ladder, um, like laying on the ground on top of a ladder, and then she went to the top, and I thought she was gonna hit a four fifty. Oh, I'm sorry. the The ladder was sitting on top of Bailey. I thought she was gonna hit a fucking four fifty on top of that ladder, and it ended up it it ended up just being where she she did the flip over the ladder and kind of landed on her feet, and then the ending spot with the KOD into the ladder I thought was yeah I thought that was awesome. Yeah, it was a good match. Um, I definitely enjoyed it. But I left my sheet of beer ratings at my house. Oh, yeah. I didn't say. Um, this got three and a half beers. Which is pretty good. Yeah. Like, really good. It is. Uh, well, we'll talk about the main event later, but not even close. It's not even close to the main event. And this is the second highest rated match on the card. Oh, God. Yeah. It's not even close. All right, next match. We had uh, Seth Rollins versus Cesaro. This got a beer and a quarter. Seth Rollins wins on a roll-up. Dewey and I get some more points in this one and pull away from the rest of the crowd because, like, most people picked Cesaro. I mean, honestly, these two can't have a bad match. I thought it was pretty good. I don't remember anything, like, any significant highlights out of this, but... I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, it was just pretty good. Like, like, like these... it was good. And then Seth Rollins won. So I like anytime I lose a prediction, I just like that's the thing that sticks up in my, sticks out in my mind. But it was it was very much like the match at WrestleMania where it was good wrestling, good technical wrestling between two great technical wrestlers. They both hit like moves that they're known for, and then the match was over. Yeah, and then and on a roll up at that, you know, but but yeah, I mean they they move well together. They deliver moves well with each other. So like, if this if this feud kept on going, maybe not in a pay per view sense, I would I would still be happy. Yeah. What do you think about? So we're we're not at the weekly review portion yet, but we we have very little to review. We on Monday Night Raw we got qualifiers matches. Do you think that tonight there's going to be a qualifier match between Cesaro and Rollins? I wouldn't be shocked if we saw it, but uh, no, I feel like it would be like Cesaro versus like Elias or something. Elias is on Raw. All right. I knew that. <laughs> Cesaro versus Baron Corbin. Potentially. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be all right. And then, uh, like, I- and then like Rollins versus like Dominic or Ray. Yeah, so what I'm thinking is that possibility A is the one I just said. Possibility B being that they still want to continue this feud and it will continue in in uh or at money in a money in the bank. So they'll have separate qualifying matches and they'll both win them. Yeah, there's well, well when we talk about it, like yeah, I don't I don't know. 
they've they've kind of like they so they had a bunch of a bunch of them on raw and then apparently like if you read wikipedia at least it has the fourth raw member not not it has like the combination of who the fourth raw member could be so it sounds like they're having a match of uh, an assortment of people on next Monday to determine who the fourth member from Raw is going to be for the men's uh, Money in the Bank. Yeah, they announced that on Monday that there was a last chance. I didn't see that, so uh, it was there. It was the I people that lost this week. Maybe I fast forwarded through it because three hours of Raw is just too damn long. It's a lot of wrestling. Yeah. Speaking of things that happened for way too damn long. This uh, this Alexa Bliss character. Am I right? Am I right? Dude, the new entrance music. Didn't that happen on Raw? Was it on Raw? Yeah, that was on Raw. Oh, you right. This this week it was the the hurt heel thing. No, it was the it was the Firefly Funhouse song, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this match. Alexa Bliss versus Shayna Baszler. This is where I started pulling ahead again during the predictions, because I don't know came how out. because everyone picked Alexa Bliss. Well, I picked no. I picked no. What do you mean? Oh, oh, you're talking about for the appearance? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, because I had Reggie, but then other people you had, had Reginald, Nia Jax. and then me and someone else had Nia Jax. Yeah, Zoe? But, I, but I started pulling. Pull, I think it was Zoe, but I I started pulling back a little bit because I had Reginald, and I think I was the only one with Reginald. Yeah, yeah, yeah but you this, were. This was a so-so match. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was a bad match. It wasn't that good. <laughs> It got it got three quarters of a beer. Most of the match was character work. There was stuff on the outside where Alexa started controlling. No, Naya started. Com- or yeah, she started controlling Naya. Yeah, Alexa started controlling Naya. She slapped Reginald. Oh, sorry, I have hiccups. Boo. Uh yeah, Naya slapped Reginald, and then Alexa. Hit a hit a sister Abigail on on Shayna, and then she hit a twisted bliss, and then she pinned her. That was it. And that was all she wrote. Yep. I can't wait for the Alexa character to be done. I I don't like it anymore. I like Alexa Bliss as like her normal heel self, but but this, eh. Yeah, the whole doll thing too. Like it just doesn't do it for me. The whole Bray Wyatt thing in general hasn't done it for me but i'm just ready to go back to the old alexa my girl yeah (laughs) leslie leslie's just looking at me frowning like like i was being serious leslie (laughs) nobody (laughs) could replace you (laughs) speaking of all right cool i think she bought it speaking of nobody replacing anybody else uh Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn was next. Yeah, they can't replace each other as rivals. That was a great segue, Joe. Thanks, buddy. I think I made that work for you. Thanks. Uh, this got three quarters of a beer as well. Uh, these guys don't really have bad matches, but this one wasn't the best. It wasn't the worst. It wasn't. I don't think it was the worst. I think was this better than Mania? Their match at Mania. Yeah. It was about equal with their match at Mania, I think. Yeah. I I think it just kind of suffered from not having enough time again. Yeah. I wish that they would give them the like 
the amount of time that they got all those years back when they fought at, I want to say, Battleground. I think that was probably their best WWE match. Yeah. And now I'm remembering that or Mania probably better. the one they had in NXT. I'm remembering uh, Mania better and how short the match was. Yeah. And there was a match like right before or right after it that was longer and you were, and we were like, cool. I remember the episode we shot about it actually. Yeah. Um I think I think uh it was one of those matches we don't talk about anymore. I think so too. Hmm. But you but yeah, it was this match uh it was good. It was definitely good. Yeah. Um we we That's... saw a couple finishers. We saw Kevin Owens had an injured arm during the match. And he he nursed it most of the time, and but Sami he ends Zayn up winning. Took advantage of it. Sami Zayn actually got b- busted open during this match. In the mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, he got busted open pretty good, but no one had picked Sami. I remember for their freaking out because I was in the lead at the time, and Sami Zayn getting busted open, being like, "Oh fuck! Did anyone have Sami Zayn to bleed?" No, they didn't. Silly me. Yeah. Because, uh, like, a normal singles match, you wouldn't normally pick, especially with two Hell in a Cell matches, you wouldn't really pick uh, just somebody in a singles match, you know? Well, speaking of people that I picked to bleed in a normal singles match, <laughs> d- did I get it? Did I nail it? Yeah. Speaking of nailing, Charlotte Flair versus No, Rhea... no. Oh, is that not good? I don't think that was good. All right, so... Speaking of I think not that, being I think good. That was, I think that was very not good. Yeah, that was bad. Speaking of bad, the ending of this match was super <laughs> bad. <laughs> Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> yes, it was very bad. Joe, I just want to backtrack a little bit. I don't think you can say that. Say what? That uh, speaking of nailing. And I was gonna say I was gonna say speaking of nailing, WWE definitely didn't nail it with the finish of this match. Oh. Because it really sounded like you were gonna start by saying Charlotte Flair. Whoa, dude. That's fucked up. You can't say that. I agree. That's whoa, man. I wholeheartedly agree with what you just said. I don't agree with what I thought you were going to say. But anyways. Yeah, this the finish of Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley was terrible disqualification finish however did i enjoy it at the time very much so because i was one of three people that picked charlotte flair to win and this one really helped me out what didn't help me out was that dewey was also a person that picked charlotte flair to win i didn't realize until after he sent the screenshot in that we pretty much made identical picks except for the pre-show match and that just fucked me over yeah um yeah, and I hate Dewey. You fucked up. Uh, Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley gets a beer and a half. I would also just like, just to, just to put out public service announcement, I fucking hate you, Charlotte, for not bleeding. If you would have bled, I think I might have won. I still don't remember. I think I would have won. Yeah. Because I think, I actually think in the end, Dewey and I ended up tying. You tied. And, and then the tiebreaker went to him. Yeah. So if because we counted bled, we counted which, Drew we counted Drew bleeding, did we? I think. Well, yeah, that has to be what made. Oh us yeah, end Drew, up tying. Drew bled. Yeah, Drew bled. Bobby did not. I think I counted Bobby bleeding as well. I did. I did not count Bobby bleeding. 
Oh, uh, well, when I when I looked at the beer ratings, I counted Bobby bleeding. Cuz it when you well, is that the next match? No. Yeah. Speaking of Bobby Lashley bleeding, boom, nailed it. That was the <laughs> easiest segue ever. Uh, we had Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre, Hell in a Cell match. Pay or damn it, main event. I almost said pay per view. I don't know why. Main event match for Hell in a Cell. Bobby Lashley gets busted open pretty early in the shoulder. I thought he bled, Joe. Bobby Lashley? Yeah, on the I shoulder. Don't, I don't think he ever bled. I think that like, there like, there's certain points in the match where if you look at that shoulder, it is crimson red, but not like dribbling blood. And then you look at other points in the match where it's just it looks like just a peeled layer of skin and it has no it's not even red at all. I did not count it. I mean, either way, you, you didn't win because of that. But yeah, I didn't count it, but he might have bled. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I counted it when I, so quick story here real quick. When I watched this match on Monday morning, I was watching with, I was watching with my buddy Casey from work and he came over to the house. We, we played the drinking game all throughout the pay-per-view, you know, having a good time, all that jazz. We get to the main event and it's becoming a real struggle bus. All of a sudden we get to like the last 10 minutes of the match and there is like uh, a, a a time where use of the environment is used like eight times in a row and then like seconds later there's a bunch of chair shots seconds after that there's a bunch of like kendo stick shots there's some two counts there's some interference yada 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 finally we get to the end of the match and I find myself behind by 29 sips of beer on Monday morning. Well, I had to go to bed because it was honestly getting into Monday afternoon. I had to wake up at 8 p.m. to go to work. And I wasn't, I just wasn't going to stay up that much longer just to, just to rewatch this match. So I watched it back uh, yesterday morning or this morning. I don't remember. Joe, this match got six and a quarter beers yeah it is now the second highest rated match in our beer ratings history only behind stadium stampede and hell in a cell is also the second rated or the second highest rated pay-per-view in all the pay-per-views we've ever li- or watched so at how many beers total uh 15 and a quarter so nowhere close to double or nothing. No, not even close. I don't think we're going to come close until like Royal Rumble because we have two Royal Rumbles. And I think just with the fact that you have 30 entrances and 29 eliminations plus the finish of a match, that is 60 drinks right there. So that is like a minimum for... Four and a quarter, four and a half beers. Is that for one Royal Rumble? That is for one Royal Rumble. So multiply that by two. You're looking at a minimum of nine beers just based off of two matches. Not counting finishers, debuts, returns, use of the environment, whatnot. I think double or nothing will get beat. Yeah. And I think once we once we get to our first like Royal Rumble pay-per-view. 
this coming year in January, we're going to realize how skewed this drinking game is to Royal Rumbles. This match was six and a quarter beers. Second highest rated match of all time in beer ratings. Joe, this was absolute bedlam. It was bedlam. That's a good example of bedlam. It, we, we had the. Uh, it honestly was. We had the uh, MVP getting in the cage and then getting locked in the cage. Oh, that was perfect. Uh, no Uso showed up, right? Why would they? Because people predicted it, but we didn't. No, no Uso showed up. This we're talking about Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre. Oh shit! I'm I, I'm looking at an Uso on the screen, and uh, and I remembered that people predicted. And uh, yeah, we're we're actively watching SmackDown on mute right now. By the way, yeah, yeah, that's what's going on. So yeah, obviously no Uso showed up. I was I I went back to Friday night for some reason, which Anuso did show up eventually. Yeah, yeah, that was really dumb of me to say. Which, as long as I acknowledge it, it's okay. But yeah, this it can be excused at the very least. This match was absolute bedlam. There was a lot of use of the environment. A lot of weapons. Yeah. And I would say 70% of the drinks were use of the environment. Yeah. Which is probably, I don't know, four beers, four and a half beers Pretty, would be yeah. 70%. Yeah. It was quite a bit. I don't know if it was actually quite that much, but it was, it was a lot. It was a lot of it was a lot of fucking drinks. Six and a quarter beers, second highest rated match of all time in the beer ratings, and that was Hell in a Cell. Dewey is the new champion. As much as I hate to say it, Dewey is the first person that gets the brand new belt. I'm not happy. Uh, did you see Did you see the article that talked about people loving Pat McAfee on uh, commentary for Hell in a Cell? No, but he did say a lot of funny things. He said a lot of funny things. There were um, people calling for him to just commentate every match at Hell in a Cell. Shit, I feel like I wrote one down, but I guess I didn't. Uh, there didn't was, he say something like a hot dog and a you know something? A hot dog down a bowling alley, but no. Man, I feel like I, I, it was definitely in the group chat. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh yeah. <laughs> Adam, Adam, uh, no, not Adam, Dewey, hey, also known as Adam, but we're, we call him Dewey. He said, quote of the night has to be, it's the two hot dog, one bun look, talking about the double kendo sticks with the Bailey and Bianca match. <laughs> and then also, I think at one point he talked about like not being able to untie someone's shoes <laughs> or something like that. He, he, he was just super funny. Yeah, was, uh, I saw I saw a uh, Pat McAfee is a treasure to the world. I saw a tweet that said I finally figured out who Pat McAfee reminds me of, and it was Jason Bateman and Dodgeball being the commentary for. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> He's not going to be able to see very well with that blindfold on, Cotton. It's a Bold strategy, that's, Cotton. That's let's, a bold strategy, Cotton. We'll let's see, see if it, it pays, pays off, off for him. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> that's not, like that. You know what? That is like exactly like the type of shit that Pat McAfee would say, though. Yeah. 
That's a bold strategy, Michael. We'll see if it pays off for him. Because <laughs> Michael Cole is cotton. He's definitely cotton. <laughs> yeah, that was a good meme. Holy shit, I can't believe how well that fits. Yeah, I think think we already said it, but 15 and a quarter beer pay-per-view, Hell in a Cell. Dewey's and, the winner. Yeah, Dewey's the winner. Uh, let's get into the weekly wrestling recap. We'll start with Raw. Joe, Raw felt super fresh this week. It was good. A lot of fresh matchups. It's um, the build. It's the build for the it, the the big five. We'll call it the big five pay-per-views. It, I not only that, but like the first pay-per-view with like real live crowds because they're going somewhere else, right? Because they're going what? They're going somewhere other than Florida. Yeah. So like, I feel like this will be the real test for live crowds being back. Yeah, obviously Mania had had a crowd, but it was in a an outdoor stadium and they were at like 25% capacity and it was in Florida. And, but we we loved it. The rules don't apply in Florida. We loved it. Why like, is Seth we loved Rollins seeing the fans there? Why is Seth Rollins coming out while Bianca Belair's in the ring? Man, this is where I need closed captioning. Can I do that right now? Yeah. Hold on. Closed captioning. Help me out. Work TV. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I see it. Boom. It's on. Beth Beth Rollins defeating Cesaro after he Ooh, got Beth a shot after all of the pre-dick amounts. <laughs> what the fuck? This isn't very good commentary. Yeah, we can't really caption yeah, We're just gonna we're just not gonna talk about that. Uh, I don't I don't understand what's going on right now. Oh wait. Is it building up for a Becky return? Ooh, no. It could be. And we're back. Uh, we just had to wa- watch what what the hell was going on on SmackDown because Bianca Belair was in there shooting a shooting a promo and Seth Rollins came out and we were very Which, confused. Yeah, it didn't but make it, any sense to me at it, all. It turns out there's going to be a mixed tag match uh, between Bianca and someone. We'll Probably fill you in Cesaro. on that later. Uh, probably Bianca and Cesaro versus Bailey and, and Seth. So that's why Cesaro came out and he came out all cocky, like congratulating Seth. Bailey for, for her win or correction, uh, congratulating Bianca for her win. And then saying like, Oh, it was a fluke. Mine wasn't a fluke. Uh, let's high five because we both won on Sunday. Yeah. That's about, that's about it. And then Bailey, Bailey's music hit and Bailey's, hitting a promo on Bianca, I guess. Yeah. We should just let, we should just let SmackDown unfold as it goes. Yeah. Um, because, or else we're never going to get through the, this week in wrestling. Yeah. Uh, but the, we, we do have, we, we have the build up for money in the bank coming. It's, it's, it's basically already here. We've got Naomi and Alexa bliss and Nikki cross and someone else, Joe, help me out. For she, Raw? Uh in the money in the women's money in the bank ladder match already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh shit. I just exited out of the wrong one. Uh you said Nikki Cross. Oscar. Oscar. That's what it was, because it was a tag team match, right? Yes. And then in the men's money in the bank match, we've already got Ricochet, John Morrison, Riddle. And then tonight on SmackDown, we have Big E versus Apollo Crews. 
And then next week on Raw, we have the three guys that lost on Raw this week. AJ Styles, Randy Orton, and Drew McIntyre facing off for a spot. This is looking like, at least on the men's side, I know there was a ton of upsets, but I am very happy at the talent they're putting in the Money in the Bank ladder match versus having guys like like if you the guys if, that they beat, if you literally had McIntyre, Styles, and Orton in this match, all three, I it would not have been good. It would not have felt fresh at all. It would have been, quite frankly, kind of bad. It's almost like they finally decided to build new talent. Yeah, but I mean, we'll see where that goes. But. Yeah, I I'd never think that they're gonna do anything with Ricochet. I I hope, dude. He's too good to to just waste. Before we go any further on Raw, uh, I want to give a quick shout out to Cameron. Have you met my friend Cameron? He was in Hawaii. I don't know if he if you went out with him Your at all. Your cousin? No, that was Christian. Oh yeah, Christian. No, my, I my, never met Cameron. My friends Dave and Cameron came out to Hawaii at some point. I don't uh, think I met them. What's that? I don't think I met them. Oh, all right. Well, Cameron, he's he's a big WWE fan. Uh, cool. And and. After we dropped like our first episode, I, I shot him a text. I was like, "Yeah, you could." He asked, "Like, what are your predictions for for this pay per view?" And I was like, "You could. Uh, here's the sheet, but you could listen to my predictions on our pod." And I, I I thought that was the end of it, but it turns out he's been a weekly uh, weekly listener ever since. Uh, on Sunday night, he he texted me and he's like, "And Sunday is when we release." But Sunday night, he he texted me and he's like, "Um." Like, listen to the episode this week. Don't think you talked enough about Jeff Hardy and the tease about his retirement. What do you think about that? So I wanted to give a shout out to him, and I wanted to to kind of kind of pay back the fact that he's been listening every week and and bring back up the the Jeff Hardy retirement tease from last week. What do you think about that? Well. Did they tease a retirement for Jeff Hardy? Yeah, because J- Jeff Hardy won a match, and then uh, Cedric Alexander came out and was like, "Blah blah blah, you're you're old, you're you're washed up." Uh, and then he's like, "And Jeff Jeff said, I'll face yeah, you in the match guess, right now." Yeah, he kind of reiterated that this week as well in that backstage segment on Raw. Yeah, but I saw something today that. I guess could mean that he's retiring soon, but also could mean that they're also they could be giving him a push soon. Yeah, is that his no more words his music is coming back? Well, yeah, next and, month, and that's what I said to to Cameron is is Jeff Hardy said that that he has the rights to no more words, and he's not going to, like as soon as fans comes fans come back, he's going to to bring the return of no more words. So I think that. That's going to be a different character, and that's going to be a different push. And and what what he was saying was like he, they could definitely put him in like a tag team. You know, he spent most of his career in a tag team, and if if that was the return of Bray Wyatt with a Bray Wyatt and kind of Willow character, yeah, then that that would be pretty cool. I agree. I I would enjoy that. I think it'd be really good. It would also pay homage to the Matt Hardy and, and Bray Wyatt tag team, you know? Yeah. Uh, but but here here's here's my honest opinion on Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy. Jeff Hardy will not retire, like fully retire from wrestling 
in a different company than his brother. So what do you think is going to happen? I think that they're they're both going to wrestle until they can get back to the same company, contractual obligations and stuff. Um, right. So where do you think they'll end up? I th- I think that they'll retire on, on in WWE. Yeah, that sounds most likely to me. I think that they'll retire in WWE. They'll get the send off they deserve. I don't like. I don't think we've really seen AEW wrestlers, like actual mainstay WWE wrestlers, come over to WWE. But I think Matt could be one of the first for that. Like obviously, uh, Mercedes Martinez, like spent a time, like maybe two matches in AEW. Yeah. Um, there's been a couple others that have, have done very limited stuff in AEW before going to NXT, but I think that, that Matt will, will come back. It'll be a big return and they'll have one more run before, before a retirement match. So I think that, I think, I think if he came back, you said, you, you said he would skip NXT or would go to it. Who's that? Matt. Matt will definitely not be in NXT. Yeah, I didn't think so. Okay. No, Matt's been on the main the main roster for way too long to ever go to NXT. <laughs> for sure. He, <laughs> I was I, I made the the comparison of Mercedes Martinez being in AEW for maybe two matches and then right, going right, to right. NXT. But uh, the point I was trying to make is I don't think we've seen any mainstays on the AEW roster move from AEW to WWE. So Matt Hardy may be the, the the first big one, you know. Yeah, I only have two other small things to cover for Raw. One, shit, now I forgot. Oh my god, there was a there was a uh, a point in the John Morrison versus Randy Orton match for the Money in the Bank qualifier. Um, the Miz is on the outside, shoots Randy Orton with the the spray gun the or whatever. Stick. Yeah, the drip stick hits him with water, and he goes to chase the Miz, who's in a wheelchair around the ring, and then all of a sudden, here comes Riddle before Orton can start chasing him, and Riddle on the scooter chasing the Miz in his wheelchair (laughs) was so funny. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious, and then uh, on top of that, the... Oh, the... The fucking debut name, Dewdrop, of Piper Niven being Dewdrop, because she she almost she almost said her actual name at one point. They asked like, "What's I your feel, name?" And I she's feel like, like "You're right." I feel like there. I feel like there's a bit of a story to come out of that, and if not, it's yeah. I, I feel wasted. like Eva and Piper already like debuted kind of as a tag as a team, and uh, like Piper's already fed up with with Eva Marie. Yeah, they. Yeah, they. She seems like super fed up with her. Yeah, that's that's how it seems to me. I think that there's a short term storytelling thing here that that Piper or Dewdrop is just gonna be absolutely fed up. Yeah, that that's definitely something that'll get old real quick. I mean, it's already old if we're being honest. Like, I think they said it like twice, maybe three times last week. It was old, and that was their debut. Well. Or return for Eva. I don't think it's a return. Eva Marie? No. Why not? Because she was there last week. No, I mean, I, that's what I'm talking about. Last week, 
It last was already week, old. That was a return. Last week it was already old, is what I'm saying. Sure. <laughs> like the Eva Marie was built up for a while and it seemed like she was gonna play a face, but now she's like a like a mean girl heel kind of thing. Like a we wear pink on Wednesdays kind of thing. You know? No? You you still there? Oh god. Bro, I literally just passed out for like ten seconds. What did you say? <laughs> I seriously Dil, I, Dylan fell asleep on the couch. I seriously just I seriously just passed out on the couch for like 10 seconds and I was saying that uh that like last week was Eva Marie's return and like even during her return it was already old. Like they they played uh they played Eva as a face in in her her promos like I want to inspire people blah 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 and then she immediately became like the mean girls we wear pink on Wednesdays, kind of, yeah, kind of heel. She's. It's just a weird storyline, dude. She's. It's. It's not going to be good the entire time. It's I, never going to be good. I don't know why they ever resigned her. She was like, and released and released all all the people that they have, including including the breaking news today releases, which uh, included Everrise, Brizango. And some other people that I don't remember that I think are all from NXT. Yeah, there was uh, Tony Nese. And oh, yeah, Tony Nese. Tony Nese, who's a f- former Cruiserweight champion. Actually a really good wrestler. Like, Oh, yeah. Like, he, they, they were, like, Tony Nese was in the pre-show with, with uh, Buddy Murphy one year, and they fucking crushed it. Like, if the crowd actually cared about the pre-show and that WrestleMania match that year, that would have just been an incredible match. Yeah, the cruiserweight matches on the pre-shows were always incredible, but they were always on the pre-show. Yeah, they they just I don't know I don't know why they did that though. Like it was almost like Vince didn't know what to do with the cruiserweights, like kind of like in the two thousands where he didn't know what to do with the fucking cruiserweights. Yeah. But yeah, I think this the the whole cruiserweight division is something that these gaming developers need to figure out because what are we talking about? We were talking about Tony Nice and the releases. Why did I say gaming developers? I was wondering that too. You, Dude, I am were... so fucking tired and fucked up. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. I can't even think straight. I need to wake the fuck up, Dylan. <laughs> Oh yeah, you said God, gaming developers, dude. and I was just going to let you roll with it, but I, I understood what you were talking about, the producers. The producers of the matches need to wake the fuck up on the cruiserweight division. Well, That's what I was trying and, to and, say. And they have, because they've moved the cruiserweight division to NXT. There's still a 205 Live that I won't watch, but like... Yeah, I'm never going to watch 205 in, Live. In NXT, they, they've they've really woken up, and they've... They they've been playing the cruiserweights right. Trips is doing the cruiserweights right, for sure. Speaking of, well, we were talking about Eva Marie and the releases that that got Eva Marie signed, and like Ruby Riot, man. If like sure, Ruby Riot isn't as as hot as Eva Marie, and I say hot with some like fucking some like hatred on my tongue for for how like the reason they're booking well, just let's just picture it in how vince mcmahon views them yeah exactly i'm, I'm not like saying like or or it, just like how like the generic 
gen- the general public would view them. But we're like we're wrestling fans, right? We're not here to see a fucking hot girl, right? I want to see actual elevation of the of the women's division. I mean, sometimes I'm there to see that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I understand that. But like, I'm I'm here to see actual elevation of the women's the women's wrestling division. And Ruby Riot was a great fucking wrestler, and they released her, and they signed Eva Marie. Are you kidding me? For no, budget cuts? They're not kidding you. That's like, come on, man. Like, uh, I want to move on from Raw because we're already super. I long already into tried. Our I already tried to, and you and you you just went on this this little. No, this you little fell tirade. asleep. That's what happened. I mean that too, probably. All right. So that that's all I got to say. Let's move on to NXT, which we're going to be more happy to talk about. What do you got about NXT, Dylan? Well, I didn't take any notes on NXT. I don't know why. So I'm scrolling through the Bleacher Report looking for some stuff. Well, so first off, we had the build for the Adam Call versus Kyle O'Reilly match. Yeah. Adam Call versus uh, Carmelo Hayes. Yeah. Carmelo Hayes actually really impressed. Yeah, this was a good match. Um, Cole wins, obviously. I think as soon as I saw who was in this match, I thought, oh, shit, like here comes Carmelo Hayes. Like, oh, this would probably be like a good building block for him. Adam Cole's going to make him look really good. And what do you know? Adam Cole made him look like a fucking million bucks. Yeah, Adam Cole and Carmelo crushed it in this match. It was a fun match to watch. Uh I think this is the first, there no, the second time we've seen Carmelo Hayes. So it was, yeah, it was, it was a good choice, a good booking choice to put Carmelo against Adam Cole because obviously Adam Cole is going to look good, and then he like he can make Carmelo Hayes. Oh, Bailey just picked up the win on on Bailey uh, pins Bianca Belair. Yeah, in that in that mixed tag match we talked about before. But yeah, Hayes looked good. Calls look call look good. Hayes will I think will be a big name in the in the NXT roster in the future. And uh, yeah, then what the other thing that I talked about was was uh, Cool Kyle, Cool Kyle versus Kushida. They said it was for respect. And yeah, not for the title. Both of those guys looked fucking awesome as well. Yeah, was that that was the main event, right? pretty sure yeah yeah it was yeah and kyle o'reilly came out on top as well and yeah i mean that was the first time we've seen kushida lose in a long time i think out of the two nights of wrestling we've seen i guess two and a half since we've watched half of raw so far but only only seen one match half of smackdown yeah smackdown we're watching smackdown Smackdown. we're watching smackdown right now that's totally what i said (laughs) um I think the Kushida and O'Reilly match was easily match of the week so far. I I can't think of anything else that really tops it. Yeah, I I had I had match of the week uh for Kyle O'Reilly versus Kushida. And yeah. Like the 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 technical wrestling that they they did in that match was was very good. But it was a tough competitor for Gargano and Theory versus Dunn and Lorkin. Yeah, that was also pretty good. That was a great match. And when I was watching it, I was like, oh, shit, here's that point where they're turning Dunn and Lorkin and Birch 
if Birch was there, they're turning them face because you're going up against the way. And the crowd seemed to be pulling for Dunn and Lorcan. But then, like, also, like, a little bit over halfway through the match, there was another point where uh, it seemed like they were going to cheer on the way. Oh, yeah. There was a definite... There was a definite turn where they were like, Johnny wrestling, Johnny wrestling. And I'm for it, man. Like, Johnny Gargano has done a great job as as a heel. Honestly, like he's done a great job as a heel. But Johnny wrestling in NXT will always play better as a face. And and in the past two matches we've seen with with Johnny Gargano between the Fatal Five-Way, we saw last week two weeks ago almost at this point and then the this this match on nxt on tuesday johnny wrestling is back and he's crushing it is he full-on face i don't think he's full-on face but i think we're moving to a full-on face turn and i don't know where austin theory goes in that because he's already been that kind of henchman kind he'll of bring thing. him with him what's that he'll bring the entire way with him yeah they'll they'll bring it over but right now it's johnny gargano is playing as a face so obviously austin theory is playing as a face but candace and indy are not so much faces right now yeah but they could easily like if they're going to portray the garganos as faces and they wanted the or i guess if if they were going to portray gargano and theory as faces and they wanted candace and indy to also be faces, I think they could easily just turn like uh, a Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez heel. Well, they're they're already full heel. Yeah, I think so too, and I think that gives the opportunity. So, so they've got this triple threat tag team match for the number one contender for the NXT Women's Tag Title. So you had like Raquel and Dakota versus Amber and Shotzi versus. Fuck. Uh, was it was it uh Io and Zoe Stark? Yeah, yeah. Io Shirai and Zoe Stark, and I think that happens next week. Yeah, right? yeah, it happens next week because Zoe, Zoe and Io picked up the win on Aaliyah and some other girl. Yeah, the Robert so Stone. I guess brand. with that dynamic, I didn't think about it because I couldn't remember who the last team was. But I guess with that dynamic, it's you're looking at two heel teams and one face team. Right. So, yeah, but I I think I think you're right. It's easy to turn the way face here if they if they win the the triple threat next week. Uh and then they're the face dynamic versus Raquel and Dakota. Ooh. It's pretty easy. Ooh. Yeah. But the last thing I really have to talk about with NXT is Diamond Mind. Diamond Mind. Oh, which yeah. Which in uh, on TV with all the background noise, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I, like the, they they had teased Diamond Mine for a while. They had that loading sign with a diamond above it. Yeah, I forgot. I kind of forgot about it. Like I had read about it and like was speculating about it, but in the moment, I I, I forgot. And then and then Roderick Strong, who showed up two days too late because or no. A week and two days too late because I had him showing up at NXT TakeOver. Oh, yeah. Uh, Remember that. He showed up a week and two days too late. 
he says, this is Diamond Mind, or Diamond Mine. God damn, I can't even fucking say it. And I, with all the background noise, I thought he said, this is Dynamite. And I was like, oh my God, are they, are they going for a brand war again? <laughs> but no, he said Diamond Mine. He's got a couple other guys with him. Uh, first of all, Piven, what's his name? Brian, what? The, the, the Malcolm, Malcolm Piven. Oh, Malcolm Bivens? Yeah, that's his name. Boogs just came on our screen. Nice. Yeah, because this is the coronation of, of Shinsuke. Man, I love seeing Boogs on my screen. But we got to get moving. Let's get through now our... Let's let's move into our retro beer ratings, Joe. Well, first off, we didn't finish NXT. Wait, all I, the last thing I wanted to say is is Roderick Strong and his and his faction because he's the leader of this faction could be really dominant on NXT. I'm excited to see it because I love Roderick Strong. He's he's too good to to be a background player. And now I'm ready to get into the retro beer ratings. Okay, now that you're ready, let's get into it. Retro oh. beer ratings. We had we watched. This week, WWF one night only, and Joe, can you guess where this pay per view ended up on the beer ratings? It was a pretty pretty big card, like relatively. So I'd say twelve. Like oh, you're saying like it ended up with twelve beers? Yeah, or twelfth on the list. Twelve beers. Uh, it got thirteen and three quarters of a beer. Damn, that was pretty close. It is the number five all-time pay-per-view right now. We've only watched 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. It is, what did I just say, five? Number five. Five out of 12. So we've only watched 12 so far. But we've got we've, we've, we've reviewed quite a bit of matches. And this card started with another Triple H versus... Mick Foley match. This time it was Dude Love. Dude Love. Dude Love. Yeah. This match got a beer and a quarter. And honestly, the only notable things out of this was the China interference and how the ref didn't see it multiple times. Yeah. And then in the end, or towards the end, uh, Triple H and China go to do something like funky and the ref finally sees them and he goes to like big dog China and then he turns around and fuck he like the, the ref went to like go big dog Triple H. Yeah. And yeah, he like pushed back on him. Yeah. It was so funny. I don't know why. Like I couldn't think of like who the ref was like getting who's whose face the ref was getting in f- for a second and. I just remember watching and laughing so hard because it was so funny. Yeah, um, it, was, it was good. The The next match we had, uh, we had Sonny introduced as or introduced as the guest announcer or guest, uh, I guess, yeah, I guess ring announcer for this. Uh, she looked very good. That yeah. is all. Mm-hmm. Uh, she brought in Leaf Cassidy, a.k.a. Al Snow. And he faced off against Tiger Ali Singh. And this was the first point in the pay-per-view that I noticed that Jerry the King Lawler said something uh, that would not uh, fly in today's society. And he said that uh, Tiger Jeet Singh, which is Tiger Ali Singh's father, uh, said he looked like a cab driver. 
<laughs> oh my god I'm, i don't know how i missed that yeah oh you see this on the screen right now uh king corbin's not in his king gear at all he's in a black t-shirt he's no longer king corbin he's now baron good all right so the notes i have on this is that i didn't hear i could not hear what what leaf cassidy cassidy's first name is so i put steve cassidy question mark leaf question mark versus tiger ali singh with his dad and that's uh, all you put that's all i put and did then you I, notice I, that leaf cassidy was al snow i did not and oh well like uh, now that you say it yeah and then i had half a beer for this match i had three quarters of a beer. three quarters yeah did it, i my, say the beers for the last match uh you said one and a quarter yeah, yeah one and a quarter yeah i had 0.75 for cassidy and sing yeah um, it might have been a heavy one half like might have been more like five eighths and we, we, like we just yeah i was round up either way yeah it, it the the beer ratings thing would be impossible if we went to like eighths of a beer yeah it, you you got to do quarters it's just it's it's what's right um so the next match we had a tag team match the headbangers versus los bariquas and a tag team match uh, this was for the WWF Tag Team Championships, and I must say that uh, I finally figured out what the guy's name is, but it's Miguel Perez of the Bariquas. He is the hairiest man alive. Yes. He has to be. With the exception of that guy that, that's showing up with the factory lately, that uh, factory that Cody Rhodes has been oh, facing. Oh, Nick Comorado? Yeah. Yeah. He's also very hairy. Yeah, he's pretty hairy as well. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Miguel Perez Jr. is quite the hairy man. I agree with you there. Oh, he- also in this match. So I'll, go, I'll start by saying this match got one and three quarters of a beer. But there were a ton of spots in this match where the Bariquas would, um, I don't know how to say it, but like fake a tag into the ring. Yeah. And the ref would have his back turned, and they would just make like the tag sound, and someone else would just get in the ring, who, whoever. I just, I mean, how ref? How can you be so fucking stupid? You're so dumb. So dumb. Like Aubrey refed better than that. Not much better. Not much better, but. But better. It was better. All right. Next, Flash Funk versus the Patriot. Yes. The one thing that I remember is once again listening to Patriots music and me wanting to chant you suck because I feel like it would have thrown everything off. The big note I took if on... There were re- if there was a real crowd there, or I'm sorry, there was a real crowd there. Uh, now I'm getting mixed up with SmackDown and WWF one night only. But I feel like if, if the crowd in England would have heard like a you suck chant for that, they would have gone crazy for it. Yeah, the one thing I I have as a as a note for this is that last time we saw the Patriot, he was he was facing, uh, he he was facing Bret Hart. Bret Hart. And Bret's the obvious heel in that, and you know he defaces the American flag, uh, and Patriots like the face because Bret Hart is obviously a heel, but in this match, he's over in England and he's the foreign heel at this point. They they played them completely different between pay per views, huh? 
Didn't realize that. Yeah, I in my notes I said Patriot is a heel, but was a face last pay per view and a lot of two counts. I guess. Oh yeah, did I think I'm pretty sure I wrote that too. Uh, I did not. I I also wrote someone was hitting the Patriot with a laser pointer from the crowd. Yeah. Did you notice that? Yeah, like a a red a red laser pointer, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I only I, noticed it once, but it happened. Yeah, I saw it. Um, that match got a beer and a quarter as we move on to the Legion of Doom versus the Godwins. And I have another Jerry the King Lawler quote when he said, the South will rise again. Oof. Boy, uh, oh boy, does 90s wrestling just not age well. Yeah, so so the thing I had written about this match was that the Godwins enter with a Confederate flag. Yeah. And that's just totally kosh. <laughs> yeah. And, and they even like talked about it and kind of like tried to like they they went on to try to just explain the significance of the flag. Uh, not going to delve into that, obviously, but we're not a political podcast. Um, but <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, shortly after that, Jerry, the King Long Lawler was like, the South will rise again. And I was like, holy fuck, dude. Like, how is this guy still employed by WWE? Still how has fucking. how has cancel culture not gone back and seen what Jerry the King Lawler has said and like not not canceled him? Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, Jerry Jerry's still around in WWE is it, uh, it has to just be because like they think like whatever he's being whatever he says is like he's being told what to say, which I would say for most of the part is probably true, but I but, mean what is cancel culture? They don't care. Yeah. They're ready to cancel anyone at any given time. Dylan, I'm uh watching a I'm watching watching a re- replay of past weeks with Chad Gable and and Otis. And my my question right now is how the fuck have we not talked about Otis's shaved fat face? Well, <laughs> <laughs> And then Big E shows up, totally fucking uh, spread legs on the on the ropes. <laughs> yeah, how have we not talked about it? Because, uh, well, fuck Joe, I don't know. Because Otis just looks like a fucking idiot right now. Yeah, I liked him with the beard, man. He looked great. He, I thought he super always super handsome. Great. Super handsome. Got all the hot ladies. Mandy Rose. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't like. I don't know a single woman that likes a clean-shaved man over a bearded man. But he's not clean-shaven. He's still scruffy. Oh yeah, he's got a little stubble to him. But but it just made like he like Otis Otis is a bigger man. And without the beard, you you just see a lot of stuff that you don't want to see on 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 a bigger man. Yeah, like the rest of his face. Like the rest of his face. And and if like I I was scrolling through through the book of the face and I saw an article that said Mandy Rose reacts to Otis's new look. And it was just like she had posted a picture on maybe her, her Instagram story where uh, where it showed Otis's shaved face. And it was just a, a sad or cryy face. Oh, so maybe Mandy's not attracted to Otis anymore. Maybe they broke up. Yeah. You think they finally broke up? I hope not. They've been doing long distance this whole time. Long distance in the same place. Yeah. 
but on different brands. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Which is hard. Which yeah, is very it's hard, hard to be on different. It's hard to work two different nights of the week. It's hard to work on one person works on Mondays only and the other person works on Fridays only <coughs> in the same exact spot. It's just hard to work long distance. Like yeah, that. it's it's super hard. <coughs> Joe, shut the fuck up. Probably. If you cough one more time. All right, I'm good. I'll hit you. So you're good. I'm good. All right. What was the next match that we had to review? Owen versus Vader. Well, we, did we say uh, a, a amount of beer for Godwins versus LOD? No, we only talked about the Confederate flag. 1.75 beers. Yeah, that's what I had. All right. Next match is Owen Hart versus Big Van Vader. And every time I watch a every time I watch a Vader match, I'm just amazed by the way the man moves. Yeah, because I I never got to I I never got to watch him a whole lot growing up, like at all really. And the only time I get to see a Vader match is going back and watching one anymore. And the dude is just incredible for his size. Yeah, I think we've talked about Vader before on the podcast, and like just the the amount of movement he has. And it's just, it's ridiculous. Like, Jesus. I also, I also really enjoyed in this match, like, the storytelling they had with the, like, build up to Owen Hart slamming Vader. But it was the aftermath of it where almost, like, five minutes later, after he got slammed by Owen, where they swerved us and Vader just wins. Yeah. Like, I was thinking, like, wholeheartedly after Owen hits the slam on Vader that Owen was going to be the one that won. Yeah. But it was not, and yeah. I was wrong. Vader picks up the W, and uh, yeah, other than that. That got uh, three quarters of a beer. And yeah, great job, guys. Yeah, not that great. All right. Bret Hart versus Undertaker is the next match. This got two beers. There was one thing that I wrote down in particular was the ending spot where Bret Hart gets his neck caught in the ropes in a really scary spot and they have to call the match because of it. Yeah. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> it's very reminiscent of like the spot where Mick Foley loses part of his ear because his neck got caught in the ropes and he like forced himself out of the ropes and it like caught half of his ear and ripped it off. Yeah, it was uh it was a bad spot and then uh Bret Hart eventually Ends up taking the win by DQ. Yeah, and it was a long match too. It was. It damn was near really long minutes. and really slow. Like it, it got two beers, but I think it went for like almost thirty minutes. Yeah, it was like twenty eight minutes. Yeah, it honestly did not have a whole lot of drinking to it, like per minute. Yeah, like some of these other matches do. So yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like a fucking barn burner five star match, but it was still pretty good. Yeah, I, I agree. But I thought probably the best match on this card was this main event, the Shawn Michaels versus British Bulldog. Yeah. The crowd was super hyped for this match. This one also had a slow start, but then as soon as it picked up, it, it was like you were looking at somebody interfering every five to ten seconds. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you end up with a four and a quarter beer match. Yeah. And, I, and as, you're like, where the fuck did this come from? Yeah, and and as you talked about last week, this is like the true beginning to DX. Like, yeah, 
Trips and China entered with Shawn Michaels and Rick Rude. I was about to say Rick Rude was there too. And yeah, there was tons of interference there. And it was also a hell of a match. It was a great match. As you talked about, slow start, but great, great, like, well, last three quarters of a match. Well, now I'm trying to see if anything other crazy stuff that I could have talked about. Uh, Michaels being European champion makes him the first ever Grand Slam champion. Oh, yeah. Was that the, uh, I guess those were the requirements back in the day, right? Yeah, it was like tag title, intercontinental, world, and then something else, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, just something Didn't else. have to be European. I, I, I don't remember. There's a bunch of weird rules so that they could give it to whoever they wanted without like disturbing the peace. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was a great match, like really fun to watch. Technical match, which is just like not something you normally see from Shawn Michaels. What? Just kidding. <laughs> Jesus, dude. <laughs> Scared me for a second. Yeah. I thought you fell asleep over there for a minute. No, I was I was kidding. Was I literally a, almost just did again. It was it was it was a joke. Um yeah, but like really technical match, really fun to watch. Uh kinda like the end of the the end of the match for NXT on uh on Tuesday, you know? Yeah. I enjoyed it. That's uh that's really all I have to say. How many beers did this pay per view get in hole? This pay-per-view, I thought I talked about it already. I think you said it, but just to review it. Just yeah. to review, WWF One Night Only gets 13 and three quarters of a beer. For number five. It is our fifth rated pay-per-view, fifth highest rated pay-per-view of all time, uh, behind Ground Zero, WrestleMania 13, Hell in a Cell 2021, and AEW Double or Nothing. So, there we go. There we have it. Shall we move on to some listener questions, Joe? Yeah, let's do that. I've got quite the I got quite the splooge of Oh, a splooge? Of listener questions this week. A good old splooge? Uh, would you like to start with a I'm, I'm, we're going to go through four questions this week. Would you like to start with a random question, a question from Chad, a question from CJ, or a question from Andy? I'd like a non-wrestling question first. A non-wrestling uh, question, question somewhere. First. Wrestling question somewhere in the middle, and then a non-wrestling to end as well. All right. Uh, first question is from CJ. What would break the internet more, Andy's donk or literally anything else? Andy's donk. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I've seen the internet in person, and I've seen Andy's donk in person, and it like. Andy's donk would destroy it seven out of eight times. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't seen this thing, it, uh, I mean, when he sits down, his head hits the ceiling. That's true. I mean, it's its bad. Yeah, like, he has... The man can't sit down. He's got to stand up while he eats. Yeah, he... Uh, and he's also got to stand at least eight feet away from a wall or else his ass is going to hit the wall. That's true. If I mean, he lays it's down... Fat. There's, there's, like, the shadow on... The, the shadow on the wall is ridiculous. I didn't. I didn't like that one. I don't think I did a good job with that one. What do you mean? What's that? What do you mean? Like I don't. I don't think my comparison there was as good as yours. The shadow on the wall from yeah. his ass. Yeah. I thought it was funny. All right. I just. I. I just wasn't. It proud. took me a little bit. You know. Yeah. It, it was a slow build. I think. 
Speaking of Andy, <laughs> Andy asked us, uh, what is a what is a move that you will never get tired of seeing or a move with a wow factor? Like from wrestling, obviously. The obvious not like not like uh, any kind of other moves that you might have thought of when I asked that question. <laughs> the obvious answer is the RKO. Really? Yeah, I think so. Like like when you're not expecting Randy Orton to show up in like from the side of the ring and they really play their, their camera angles well and Randy Orton just hits the RKO, you're like, Oh, cool. Now when they when they play that well, it works really well, but I would say like that kind of shit only happens like once a year. Yeah. But what, what what would you say? I would say a move that I will probably never get tired of seeing. It, it, I could see it in every match Spanish until the fly. end of time. Would be the Spanish Fly. Yeah, I would like like from from an aspect like that where where multiple wrestlers or can, the Canadian can, Destroyer. I was about to say the Canadian Destroyer. The Canadian Destroyer is incredibly fun to watch. Yeah, because uh, we, we've talked about this before. How like those are two moves that I would love to see till the end of time. What's that? What's the move that uh, that like Rey Mysterio and Andrade hit multiple times? I don't know. It was, it was kind of like a flip, like a Spanish fly, but it was from the ground. Are you talking about like the the like the froggy power bomb thing? Something like no, no. It was like it was. I can't even describe it. I yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know. Never mind. It's fine. Once I figure out the name, I'll I'll talk about it. But. But yeah, the Spanish Fly and the Canadian Destroyer, and when the RKO is hit really well, it's it's fun to watch because you're like, oh shit, like you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, those like out of nowhere moves, but there's really not that many of them left. There's really only one real one left. So yeah, those are the answers for that question. Thank you for asking, Andy. Thank you for asking. Who asking? Nice. Do one more wrestling-related one here. Kind of a two-parter. This is from Chad. Uh, which Money in the Bank match was the most memorable and which cash-in was the most memorable? The most memorable cash-in was definitely Seth Rollins at Mania, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, where it became a triple threat. Mm. Like That's, that's got to be the most memorable cash-in. So if I if I if this were like draft style because I think I would pick that one too mostly because I watched it live. If I couldn't pick that one, I would probably say Dolph Ziggler or Oh Dolph is good. Edge the first time. Those those are probably be my other two picks. Just and did you say most memorable? So most memorable match and most memorable or be, like favorite match and most memorable cash in. Favorite match is different. Because, like, my most memorable win of the Money in the Bank contract has to be Brock Lesnar, just because I was there in person. Hmm. But my favorite, definitely not that one. Definitely not last year's Climbing the Corporate Ladder. Oh, man, really? <laughs> oh, I was never that would have thought favorite? that. That was your favorite? No. What okay. the fuck? That's a tough question, because then you have to remember certain ladder matches. Yeah. I think mine would probably be the first one just because because it was a cool concept. Yeah, the concept was new and they they've absolutely crushed it. The 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 competitors in the match were perfect. Like you had you had Edge, you had Jericho, you had Christian 
Kane, Shelton Benjamin, and fuck, someone else. I don't remember. But the match was perfection. Yeah. Oh, I think, was RVD in there? Probably. Sounds like something RVD would do. Yeah. I can't remember. But, yeah, the first one was awesome. I really enjoy it. Every time I ever see it, I put it on every now and then because I really like it, especially in the Money in the Bank season. And yeah, maybe maybe that's what I'll do because I don't have a great answer for this, but, but we are coming up to Money in the Bank, which is one of my favorite pay-per-views. It's one of the big five now. It used to be the big four. And uh, uh, maybe maybe I'll go back and watch some, some Money in the Bank ladder match. Ladder matches. Okay. Your burp there, kind of, or whatever you did It was there. a hiccup. Hiccup made you, made your voice really escalate there for a second. Oh, yeah. All right, Joe. Now I have one random question, and uh, I got these from the internet, so be afraid. <clears throat> these are just going in order upon how I found them, not order of when I wanted to ask them. Yeah. I, I felt like I should preface that because this first question is a little ridiculous. Uh, Joe, do you think that birds that go to a bird feeder are friends, or is it like a public bathroom situation where nobody makes eye contact? So that's a great question. <laughs> when I saw that, I laughed so hard. I think that all birds are friends, though. Like, I what? don't. Yeah, I don't think there are any birds that are like, like they see a bird and they're not automatically like, "What's up, dude?" No like, way. There's definitely some birds that hate each other. You think so? Yeah. Don't right. ask me who. But, but yeah, there are. Name three birds that hate each other. I can't, I couldn't because I don't know birds. <laughs> All right. So, see, you can't do it. Damn it. Um, but yeah, I think that it I think that birds fly together, you know? Like a school of birds. Uh, and therefore, I think that the birds that show up at the bird feeder at the same time are probably probably pretty good buds, you know? I'm not saying that they're like best friends. Not saying that they they go to. So you uh, think it's you think it's less of a uh, like bathroom at a stadium type situation and more of like a like you think they're all at a bird stadium and they're like excuse uh, I'll be right back I got to go to the feeder real quick. I was thinking like maybe they're all getting together at the same time like they're at a barber shop, you know, like and they all get to get, like like an old school barber shop no, and they're all getting together and Jesus talking. Honey. Honey just fucking took off. Oh yeah, Honey gets the zoomies sometimes, and right now is oh. definitely one of them. Yep, he's got his toy. There he goes. <laughs> yeah, I think I I think that birds hang out, and I think the birds that show up at the same time are friends, because like I like birds eat more often than we go to the barber shop, so I don't think they just go. Excuse me, I, like I'm gonna go. I I gotta go take care of something, and they go to the bird feeder. Well, yeah, I was just using that as an example. Yeah, I don't know. Let us know. Let us know what you think. If 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 you listened in this far, let us know what you think of the the crazy theater, theoretical question. I think I'm going to have one of them each week now. I have found myself a new website to ask these crazy theoretical philosophical questions to Joe. And to be quite honest, it's a lot of fun to ask him those things. But that is going to wrap it up for listener questions, and it is time to close them out. So next week, we are going to have 
our beer ratings for Bad Blood in your house. And spoiler alert, uh, it is the first ever Hell in a Cell match plus Kane's debut. And Joe, speaking of debuts, boom, nailed it. We're also going to have the debut of what a brand new segment next week. We may or may not have uh, some friends on for the show. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, they'll Stay probably tuned. ditch us. Uh, I really hope they don't. Otherwise, it's gonna suck. So it'll probably be, they'll probably join us, and it'll be really great. Yeah. So stay tuned to listen for that. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at DDT WrestlePod, and you can follow me on Untapped at Dylan Free. You can follow Joe on Untapped at Joe Kalinowski. Remember to rate, review, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Thank you to everyone for con- uh, continuing to listen and continuing to tell your friends about us and help growing the show. We have been the Drunk Dudes, Dylan and Joe, and we'll catch you on down the road.